0: Hello and welcome to Abuse Isn't What You Think. I'm your host, Jackie Graybill. This episode was recorded as part of the online Trauma to Triumph Sisterhood Challenge. This episode features an interview with a guest expert and may refer to other guests or things that were said throughout the challenge. This episode features an EFT tapping session where EFT tapping practitioner, Kim Marshall, explains tapping and gives us a demonstration. In the show notes for this episode, you'll find the timestamps. So if you want to go straight to the tapping, feel free to do that. We got it. Yay, I'm so glad we're doing this, Kim. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so, so fun. So Kim, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your story, how you got into tapping. Mm,
1: yeah, so my name is Kim Marshall. I am now an EFT and matrix re practitioner, also a mind your mind techniques practitioner as well, which it involves dowsing. So quite woo-woo. Um, I've heard of that. Okay, well, Sounds we'll, fantastic. We'll talk about that another time. And I mainly work with people with eating disorders, because that has been my own journey. How I got into tapping. So I was about 30 when anorexia entered my life. I guess up until that point, it's typical that people with eating disorders, it's thought that it's usually, you know, teenagers, young people. And actually, you know, it seems to be even younger nowadays, like people of eight, nine Are being diagnosed, which is super scary. And I guess I showed tendencies. I was always known as the picky eater. I had body image issues as a teenager through comments said to me, not in a bullying way, in a positive things pointed out to me. But in my head, it was kind of like at a time where I wasn't even noticing my body, but it was like, people other people were and they were commenting on it so I was kind of like okay my body and what it looks like is obviously important for other people to sort of comment on it and even though they were positive comments it just really impacted on me and I kind of felt judged and so yeah there were tendencies my mom had sort of mental health issues she had a breakdown when I was about five And so that impacted on my life and it it kind of felt like, like everything became about my mom and about protecting her and making sure that she was okay. And it was almost like, and again, I'm sure this wasn't (laughs) the way that it was for my mom. She was very loving. She was quite, I suppose, because of how she was, she was quite overprotective, but I would call that controlling. And so it was, it all became, again, I felt it all was all about about her and making sure that she was okay. And I just felt that I just had to suck it up. Whatever was going on for me, I just had to suck it up and get on with it. And it almost felt like my feelings were not important and or they weren't the priority. It was about my mom. And like I said, looking back now, I know that that wasn't the case and we're all just doing our best. And as a parent now, I completely mess up, you know, but I know that I'm just doing my best. My dad has Asperger's and so there was a lack of emotion there. But again, now I realise that, you know, he lost his dad when he was three years old. He was one of four Just sort of like that generation, it was difficult. So there was not much emotion being shown there either. So he didn't learn to have that and to sort of see what that was like. But I suppose growing up, that was difficult. I was the typical perfectionist as well, always wanting to sort of get it right. So I kind of displayed all the typical traits, but it wasn't until I was 30 that the anorexia hit. I kind of look back now and think, well, why didn't I get diagnosed back then? Why wasn't that an issue for me? And the only thing that I can think of is that I went into relationships. I think that was my addiction. When I was 13, I started going out with a guy that was older than me, that was 17, 18 years old. And I guess I got that freedom. I kind of became me more so. I guess because of this relationship, my parents gave me a little bit more freedom as well. And I guess I felt that kind of like love, that belonging that I was craving. Wasn't necessarily the healthiest of relationships, I have to say. But uh, we went out for about 18 months. And then a few months after that, finished. I was then into another relationship, then another relationship. I always had sort of like long-term relationships. And so then when I was 30, I found out that my husband at the time, the father of my two children, was cheating. And I was completely, completely shocked by it. It came as such a bolt out of the blue. And it was in really strange circumstances too, because my eldest daughter, who was four at the time, she was playing on a home PC then. We didn't have laptops or anything. She was playing on the home PC and she was playing on the CBB's website. And I was getting ready for work early in the morning. My husband had gone for a shower and so she is shouting at me, "Mummy, mommy, I've lost the picture and lost the CB this thing so I didn't know what she'd done but you know I was just like back 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 of like to get back to what she was looking at and all of these emails came up and I didn't really think anything of it at the time but in the last hour there were quite a few from the same person my husband then he worked in the oil industry so he had a month away abroad and then he was back I was kind of curious as to who's messaging so repeatedly and so I probably shouldn't have done but like curiosity got the better of me I have to say it wasn't my finest hour but I did have a look at the emails and I just discovered that he was having an affair he was planning on leaving and she was saying that she loved him And I felt absolutely sick to my stomach. It was like a punch in my, yeah, it just, I was just absolutely devastated. So I went upstairs and confronted him. And I just said, oh, who's this woman? And he just looks at me and he says, she's a friend. Why? And I said, well, she must be some kind of friend. She's telling me that she loves you. And he just looked at me and I said, just tell me what's going on. And he just didn't really say anything. So I said, Have you slept with her? And he just said, Well, yeah. (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. And I just thought, and in that moment, I just felt so small. It was like, not only had I found this out. You just didn't have the decency, the respect. And then immediately, and I think we, a lot of us, well, people who are not very confident, and you immediately just think, what did I do? You know, what did I do to make this happen? Now, you know, I know we always told that, you know, it takes two to tango. And I'm not saying I was the perfect wife or anything like that. But I had no idea. And I really, I trusted in what we had, you know, and I tried to get answers and he just wouldn't talk about it. So I just carried on. I was due to go to work. I had meetings that day. So I took the kids off to playgroup and to school and I went to work. I got back at the end of the day and he had basically booked a flight out of there and that was that and that's all I got and I think it just I was just so like what the heck before that morning I couldn't say exactly what my future held for me but I was happy with what the future looked like and where it was going etc but it felt like everything had just been turned upside down and like my future just had this great big void um, this great big question mark and I just became very conscious that I I didn't want my kids to suffer with this which I know is unrealistic you know the craziness of that thought but it was just like no you hurt me but you're not gonna drag our kids through this and so I decided that I was going to be super mum. I was going to be everything and everything to them. And I just literally put that out of my mind and I just focused on them and my work and everything else. And that seemed to be helpful for a while. It's typical of me when I know some people are the other way, but whenever. I'm going through stressful times. My appetite tends to go. So I didn't really realize it was very unconscious what was going on. Looking back, it was kind of like I can't control him leaving or becoming a single mom. I think that whole feeling of, oh, my gosh, I'm a single mom and the responsibility of that. I used to have dreams on I used to wake up crying I would have these dreams that there would be a scenario where my two kids were in trouble and I had to choose between either of them which one was I going to choose and I couldn't choose so we were all doomed and I just think that that whole kind of thought of it and people would say look you do this anyway when he was away you were the single mom anyways and I knew that that was true but it was just that responsibility really weighed on my shoulders I think that in my unconscious it was like I couldn't control I couldn't cope what was going on for me in my life so it became about focusing on and controlling what I ate And how much I weighed. Initially, there was no sort of issue to it. There was a lot of denial. It was almost like, no, I'm just not hungry. You know, I just don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. Daddy, daddy, da. And then I think a few months down the line, I was kind of started to think, actually, I don't want to eat those things. And I started off where, I had a list of what we call safe foods and a list of fear foods. And the safe foods got less and less, the fear foods got longer and longer. I started weighing myself all the time, doing body checking, things like that. So I'd be looking at myself in the mirror, really hating what I saw as I walked past shop windows at my reflection. I'd be checking my legs when I was sort of sat down or stood up and and things like that. There was just all this like an OCD thing going on really. So there were a lot of rules and rituals. I had target weights in my head that once I'd smash through those, the target became less and less. It was like a goalpost that kept moving. It was just miserable. Something that became my coping strategy and was effective in the short term just had really severe long-term consequences it just sucked me in and it was almost like at the start because I'm not very good I have to say I'm not very good at asking for help I'm not very good at admitting that I'm not okay and that's something that I've had to learn to do but it was like this voice in your head or, or somebody sitting on your shoulder and saying to you, like your best friend, everything's gonna be okay. All you need to do is this. You just need to follow these rules. And it's really weird because you completely trust that. And then after a while, this voice just becomes like the devil on your shoulder. And it's not your best friend anymore. And it totally turns on you and it says things like, if you eat that, you're going to be fat, you're going to be disgusting, you're going to have failed, you're just so awful and I'm going to hate you and things like that. And just so it's horrible and it screams at you anytime you try and do the right healthy thing for yourself. And it's really hard to try and challenge that. And it's almost like the only thing that I can describe it as is like, if you are in an abusive relationship, it's a charmer at first who totally gets you to fall madly in love with them and completely you're there with them and besotted even. And then all of a sudden it switches and there's just a different side to them. But because they've got you, And your confidence is entirely based on what they've shown you. It's just really hard to step away from that. And you don't trust yourself anymore. It was really, really difficult. Anyway, I suffered with then anorexia and bulimia over several years and looked for help, got a little bit of help, wasn't enough, and whether I wasn't ready Eventually, I ended up in residential treatment. I went to rehab, as I call it. Although when I came out, I was a more restored weight, but I still had that voice in my head saying, "Come on, now you can go back to old behaviors. You can lose the weight again." And I just had to keep telling myself, "Yep, you can." but it didn't make you happy. I remember, I think I had to wait five months for an assessment, which actually in today's standards isn't that long. And some people are being told they have up to a two-year wait, which is absolutely crazy and not good enough at all. But in those five months, I was just feeling helpless. Literally every day I was contemplating suicide. And I know that sounds really selfish because, like I said, I had two young girls, but it was like in those moments and back at that time, I really thought I was doing everybody a favor because I hated and despised myself so much at that point. I felt like I was a complete burden on everybody. I really felt that it would be the best thing, and I was doing everybody a favor if I was just to take myself out of the equation I felt that I was such a crap mom and I didn't want this to be I had started this with the greatest of intentions of being the best mom I could and yet here I am totally failing so I came out of residential and I had that voice in my head still and then it was about I don't know, sort of six months-ish afterwards, I found somebody through a business opportunity actually, but I found a lady who was an EFT trainer. And when she asked me to help her with marketing, because my background is business and I have a marketing degree, I was like, okay, so you need to explain to me what this EFT is. And so she did. And I thought she was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I was like, how the heck do you just tap on your face and your hands? How's that going to make you feel better? And um, so I was really skeptical, but I went along to her training and I was just completely blown away, absolutely, completely blown away. And then I came home. And uh, I'm quite a sceptic and I was like, oh no, no, there must've been something, you know, she was either distracting me or there's something going on. So anyways, I went back again and again and again, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. This is nuts. How come this is so not very well known? Everybody needs to kind of like, because it's not just something that we can use with a practitioner. This is a great self-help tool and I continue to use tapping on everyday stuff and it's really empowering to know that I have something that because we all have stuff you know there's always stuff that goes on we all feel angry we all feel upset and hurt and guilty and anxious and stuff at some points. And that's just absolutely natural. We wouldn't be human without that. But to know that there's something that we can do to just bring ourselves some calm and some peace and to let that crap go, it's just amazing. And I feel so blessed to have been introduced to that. So then after I did this, I decided that I was going to become an EFT practitioner. And so I started working with people with anxiety. And then I started working with people with alcohol and drug issues. I even started working with children with dyslexia. And then when I felt truly ready in myself, I started working with people with eating disorders. And that's what I do. I think that EFT is just so incredibly powerful and it's so easy to learn it's just something that you can do absolutely anywhere even if you have to take yourself off to a bathroom or you can just sit and do it on the side of the hand or sort of. if you're out somewhere or under the table it's just so So easy, so easy. I think the thing I love most about it as well is that even with my clients, you do the deep work with them in the sessions. But this is something that they can use in between sessions because I know when I was doing the talking therapy, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, but a week's, you know, when you have like a weekly session, a week seems like a long time when it's just me. But having those tools to use is really helpful I think
0: yeah it's almost like when you go to get your hair done being able to top up the roots in yeah. between Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. that makes all the difference
0: Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh oh my goodness, Kim, you have such a story. That's amazing. It's like you were almost born into trauma in a sense with what you grew up with, with your parents. And it's really interesting. It's almost like a connection between trauma and then an addiction as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Whether that was being in relationships and not being alone in yourself, Mm -hmm. or whether that was the anorexia and bulimia after your marriage fell apart, which which is so fascinating. And I think we do that. We all have points in our life that are tricky and hard and trauma. And how do we deal with those? Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about the word trauma, but I remember
1: when I went into residential And I was alongside these other women and they had, what I would say, real trauma. There was sexual abuse. There was real physical abuse. There was some real stuff. And I was like, why am I here? Because I haven't had, you know, I had loving parents. And I think we often confuse what trauma is. We have this idea and we talk about the big T's and the little t's in, in trauma. But I think it's not necessarily about the trauma. It's how we interpret that trauma, how we react to that trauma. That is the big issue. And maybe actually it's not the traumatic event or the event itself. The trauma is almost how we react and what we carry through that. And that's what we need to work through. It's how we've interpreted That, how we carry that within our body, as you know, EFT is very much on what's going on in our body and how we're feeling that and the emotions and holding on. Because as you know, when we have these events happen, because our brain is so switched on and is trying to to help us, it's like it knows that we can't focus on that. We won't thrive or function if we're completely thinking about that. So it's almost like it breaks it off and puts it in another part of our brain. So we're not dealing with that. And that's fine. But what we don't realize with that is that we're still carrying it. So we might be walking down the street one day and all of a sudden we get triggered by something and it could be a piece of music. It could be some words said to us or whatever it is, but somewhere along the lines, there's some connection association that we're not thinking about all the time but it's there in our unconscious and that's why it's really again important to go back and to deal with this stuff and move through it so that we can thrive
0: yes it's very somatic right and like the book the body keeps the score we hold everything in our bodies from what we've been through. Like you said, whether it's big T or little T and the word I was thinking of when you said it's how we interpret it is it's the residue. You know, it's a residue we take with us after that situation or the trauma, whether it's big T, little T, whatever, mm-hmm. after that is done, it's the residue that we take with us. And we then have to deal with whether it's ever-present or whether it's tucked away in a little box, like you just said, or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, two people can go through a similar event, say a a car accident or, or something like that. And one person can come out of that and be really shaken up and really distressed and have a fear of driving again and all these other things. And the other person could come out thinking oh thank gosh that I was really lucky and that could have been a lot worse and it's just the different viewpoints on that but then that I think comes down to our beliefs that we have about ourselves and as you know those are formed in our early years up to about seven eight and they have a real driving force on our lives because once we've form those, those unconscious beliefs. I wasn't even aware of this until I did the EFT study and the biggest one that I come across is I'm not good enough and the thing is once we have that belief that I'm not good enough, we will go through life and we will look for all the evidence to support that belief and we will totally disregard anything else that tries to tell us Different if we have that belief of I'm not good enough, we will just concentrate on all the things that we got wrong, all our failures as they were, or the things that we didn't get right, and all the negatives. And we won't even look at the positives, our achievements, our skills, our talents, all the things that we've done great. We'll just almost poo poo those as ah, but that's just that.
0: we focus on that negatives. And if you add an abusive partner or family member or whatever relationship into the mix, that even layers on top of it because that person is telling you you're not good enough because Mm -hmm. they want you to be under their control. Mm -hmm. And that makes it even worse because when you leave that relationship, you have those voices in your head as well. Yes, absolutely. And
1: sometimes it's not even that people have to directly say those words like you're not good enough but again we interpret what's being told to us how people are treating us their behaviors etc and it's that interpretation that then we grasp onto those beliefs and and particularly now i'm very much kind of the premise that there's always a reason behind somebody's behaviors mine yours and I do believe that we're all doing the best that we can with the knowledge and the resources etc that we have available to us and even bullies in a playground these young children I used to think particularly when when it was my children I kind of instantly just want to go in the playground and pin these kids against the wall (laughs) natural natural but now I think what has gone on for them to think that behavior is acceptable to think that behavior is normal you know and I just think somewhere in that child's life there's either some kind of abuse or that's how their parents talk to either them or or each other or something and I just think if for one thing in the world I think it would really help us all if school is a place of learning and that's great but I think that we could learn so much more within school rather than just maths and just English and just science and yeah that's all great and whatever but you know It's also the opportunity to learn how to live life. In this world, we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the different levels of needs that we have. We all have that need to feel loved, safe, and that we belong. And that is so, so true. But we also, and to talk about trauma, I don't know if you've heard of the concept of the the Udin. So it's like the event is unique, it's dramatic, it's isolating, and you have no strategy. And that's how, in that case, that's usually when we react so negatively to a situation. It's been documented about having connections and not feeling isolated is the opposite to addiction. It's that that whole feeling that you belong, that you are part of
0: something. Well, I think what you said about connection makes total sense. If you go from trauma into addiction, part of that can be you don't have a community to go through that healing process with. But I think it's also interesting when you think of it in connection with that school bully. There are various schools of thought as to what makes a person abusive. And when I say abusive, in this sense, I'm talking about a cluster B personality disorder, which you're going to engage in a cycle of abuse with your victims, which are, see if I can remember them all. You probably know them too. <laughs> a psychopath, sociopath, narcissistic personality disorder, yeah. antisocial, borderline, and histrionic. Mm-hmm. And they see that you are set in that way of being and thinking by the time you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. So back to that school bully, it's like, what is going on for that kid in their home? And what is the difference between, like you mentioned before, two people can go through an identical situation, mm-hmm. somebody else, their sibling maybe could have gone through an abusive situation. Yeah. They don't turn into an abuser, but that bully mm-hmm. starts that path to being an abuser and in a life where they're going to victimize other people. Yeah. So what's the difference? It's so fascinating. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember what I was talking about the whole school thing if there was an opportunity to learn to deal with emotions to normalize emotions I understand that there's big classes now it's just the teacher and maybe a teaching assistant and there's a lack of time but I just think that it almost seems to be that there's just this generic lesson and then All of a sudden, if there's a problem with behavior, then the child gets pulled out, you know, and then it's dealing with the behavior. No, that's naughty, you shouldn't do that. Daddy daddy da. -da. What's gone on? What is it? Why is that child behaving in that way? And rather than getting pulled out and isolated from the class because of that behavior, it's teaching these kids about. Talking and opening up and giving them permission to express how they feel because I find that a lot of struggles and a lot of addictions come from not being able to express what's going on and maybe it's because the child thinks that the parents have enough that's going on for them and so they don't want to bring their stuff into the mix if they don't want to hurt their parents or make them feel bad and things like this but it's just again, almost normalizing the fact that everybody has emotions and everybody goes through stuff and almost teaching these kind of coping mechanisms, teaching about meditation, teaching about mindfulness, teaching tapping, things like this, just as skills that, okay, they might not embrace and use every day from then on but it's just that having that guidance and that support because I think as well when you're going through something you think that you're alone in what you're going through and nobody gets it etc and so if you sat in a circle and you're just kind of generically talking about oh I'm having a rough day today and then somebody else goes you sure, what? actually yeah me too And they don't necessarily have to talk through the ins and outs and stuff. And hopefully there might be some one-to-one support for people or children that need it. But just to have that sense of actually, you know, it's not just me, particularly over the last couple of years where it's affected everybody in one way or another. I just think things like that would be so helpful.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. Tell us a little bit about tapping. Where did it come from? What is the theory behind it as a means of expression, of healing, of all of that?
1: Yeah, so EFT tapping, emotional freedom techniques, was founded by Gary Craig back in the 1980s. And it was developed as an add-on from thought field therapy. It's actually becoming more well-known now, which is great. I think the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, has been known to use it, Michael Ball, I think it's Naomi Watts, who's an actress, Fernando Alonso, the Formula One racing driver. There's various different people. I think Whoopi Goldberg used it for a fear of flying. I'm starting to see it more in more mainstream stuff as well and like I said when I first was introduced to it I was just like this is crazy but actually there's a doctor called Peter Stapleton from Australia and she's doing some amazing amazing work she's part of Bond University in Australia and she does a lot of evidence-based work around tapping and she has done fMRIs and she's tested somebody prior to tapping and then after tapping. And she has seen actually the changes in the brain following a session of tapping, which I think is amazing. I know. I know. It's incredible. So there's a lot more research and evidence, particularly in PTSD, PTSD. There is a lot of evidence now that suggests that EFT is really helpful for PTSD, which is brilliant. It's not totally in the nice guidelines, and I'm waiting for that day because that would be great. It does have a mention, which is brilliant, and it's mentioned as possibility, and this is an area to be further explored and to be looked at, which is all positive. It's not there yet, but it's, it's getting there. So basically EFT, it's what we do is we, like I said before, it's all about what's going on in the body. And so we think of what we want to focus on. And with tapping, we can focus on something from the past. So like a past memory that we want to work through. And when we think about that, what do we feel now? Now, there are some memories that we can't even go there right then because we don't want an ab reaction in our clients. So there are like safer techniques like tearless trauma, et cetera, movie technique that we can use to really have a gentle approach. So we're not submerging people back into that. That's not what we want to do. And we don't even have to talk about the details and really relive it at all either. But we choose an event that we want to focus on. So like I said, it could be a past incident. It could be how we're feeling right now. Maybe there's something, I don't know, happening later today or something that we might be feeling anxious about. Or you've just had an argument with somebody or something like that. And it's just about how we're feeling right now and working through that. It could be a future so maybe there's I don't know something that we're invited to it might be like a big party something like that and maybe we are not ready to go out into a big party or maybe we're quite introverted and maybe we don't feel very confident in social situations or something like that so we can use tap into again when I think about that how do I feel right now And basically the the whole tapping is around, we focus on what's going on in our body, the emotions that are coming up for us. And then we just tap and we tap on what's called meridian energy points. So then we have like meridian energy lines that run through us and we're basically just tapping on on the end of them. Kind of like acupuncture or the acupressure points. Obviously we don't use needles, we just do the tapping. I remember when I first, did this. I remember working around the birth of my first daughter. Initially, it, it'd been a long, long labor, which ended up an emergency cesarean. And I didn't even realize what emotions I was carrying. I was asked to think about a memory that I wanted to work on. This jumped into my head and I was just in tears over this. And I was just like, oh my gosh. When I thought back to the memory, the memory was right here, and I could remember everything so vividly and so clear. And it was just crazy. But after doing the tapping, I just started to laugh. And it was almost like I could still remember, but it was like way over there and it was distant and blurry. And this is the thing it's like it's not changing your memory it just doesn't have that impact, that intensity that it had on you. And you're able to let that negative stuff go and feel more, far more positive. Although I say that it doesn't change your memory, but I remember working with some clients and we've worked on their anger and frustration about certain situations. And when we've actually done the tapping and they've let go of that, they actually see the memory a lot differently. And they are fixated on a snapshot of this memory. And that's all that they're focusing on and all they can remember. But when we've kind of dealt with the anger, it's like they can see the bigger picture and they can see the lead up to that event, that sort of snapshot, and they can see actually it didn't happen the way that they quite remembered. And they can see how maybe... They'd been angry at a certain person for treating them a certain way. But then actually, when we'd done the tapping, they could see that actually they'd had a part to play in that. And actually, that person had tried to reach out to them, but they had actually been a bit kind of like, no, but they couldn't see that before. They just held on to that. So
0: it's really, really powerful. It's like it it changes the context of the Mm -hmm. memory, it sounds like. And it also changes the charge that you have with that particular memory. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like I
1: said, when we have the the limiting beliefs and we focus in on just the negative stuff, when we have that as our fallback, our go-to, our subconscious programming almost, it's really hard to see the positives because we'll just be looking for those negatives and just by gradually doing this tapping and working through this stuff it becomes like this snowball effect we start letting go of some of the negative and a bit more of the negative and then it almost changes things so you're inviting other positive things and you just start to reshift and retrain that brain and that's when the beautiful transformation happens and you become so much more confident in yourself so much Accepting of yourself, the voice in your head just goes away and just a totally different, different, different way of being, which is amazing.
0: It's incredible. The power of this modality to connect your brain and your body, but really reshift, like you were saying, and, and rewire and change things. Absolutely incredible.
1: Honestly, I feel so blessed. And it almost felt that it was meant to be. It was almost like this was mapped out for me. You know, my whole journey was mapped out for me. This is what I was supposed to do. But honestly, if I hadn't come across the tapping, I don't know whether I would have given in to that voice again and whether I'd been in and out of residential again, because I know people who go into residential and then they come out and then they go back in and they go back and they never, you know, they try hard to manage it and they go through good patches and not so good patches. Whereas now I feel like I've really been able to get to the root cause and causes, really work through those and eradicate them. I truly believe that I am really recovered. And it might have even saved your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because like I said, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't have fell back into those old patterns because I think our motivation can only take us so far. Really going back and working through our stuff, which we all have in very different ways. And you know, it's difficult, but just having the strength to face that and to acknowledge that and accept that and and then to work through it and let it go, that takes courage. But it is so, so
0: worth it. Oh, it absolutely does. And you know what I was reminded of when you were talking about the people that have gone in and out and in and out. It it reminds me of a statistic that says that the average person that leaves an abusive relationship. It Mm -hmm. takes them seven tries Mm -hmm. before they're successful Mm -hmm. because they just keep getting dragged back into that. And I'm wondering if maybe you could take us through a a tapping session on somebody who just is feeling pulled back into that. I don't know if we could make it specific for going back into a relationship or maybe a pattern, an addictive pattern or something like that. Just so you could give us an example of what that would look like. Do you think we could do that with what yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So give me an emotion.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think of how to describe the emotion of feeling like you're pulled back into something. Mm, helpless,
1: powerless.
0: Yeah, maybe powerless to go in the direction you want to go. In. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna make this up, and I never know what comes out.
0: <laughs> but can you be my echo? Yes, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. And if you're hearing the audio of this. Every time we go to a new phrase, you can move to a new part. Or if you feel like you just really wanna stay on that one part of your body tapping, you can totally do that. So here are the nine different parts that we'll tap on, okay? We've got the top of the head with the tips of your fingers, and then the inside of your eyebrows, the outside of your eyes, one finger on each hand with each eye, and then underneath your eyes, Then you can take one finger, put it horizontally under your nose, then one in your chin crease, and then one right underneath your collarbone, one right underneath your bra line, underneath your arm, and then the last one will be tapping your wrists together. And then we start all over again from the top of your head. If you just follow along with me, Alright So even though Even though
1: I feel powerless right now I feel powerless right now I feel it in my stomach I feel it in my stomach Oh it feels like a washing
0: machine Oh it feels like a washing machine Going round and round and round going round and round and round I don't know what to do I don't know what to do I feel so powerless I feel so powerless that
1: I completely love and accept myself.
0: But I completely love and accept myself. Even though. Even though.
1: I have this powerless feeling in my stomach.
0: I feel this powerless feeling in my stomach. I
1: feel like I'm being
0: pulled. I feel like I'm being pulled. To a place that I don't
1: want
0: to go. To a place I don't want to go.
1: I don't know anything else.
0: I don't know anything else.
1: But it's okay. But it's okay. I completely love
0: and accept myself. And I completely love and accept myself. Even though, even though,
1: I feel so powerless right now.
0: I feel so powerless right now.
1: And I'm feeling it in my stomach.
0: And I feel it in my stomach.
1: Being pulled in all different directions.
0: Being pulled in all different directions.
1: Know which way to go.
0: Don't know which way to go.
1: Being pulled this way and that.
0: Being pulled this way and that. I
1: feel like a rag doll.
0: I feel like a rag doll.
1: And I completely love and
0: accept myself. I completely love and accept myself.
1: Feeling powerless.
0: Feeling powerless.
1: Feeling so powerless.
0: Feeling so powerless.
1: Feeling it in my stomach.
0: Feeling it in my stomach. Being pulled. Being pulled.
1: Place that I know I don't
0: want to go. To a place I know I don't want to go.
1: I feel like I have no choice.
0: I feel like I have no choice. I don't know what to do. Don't know what to do.
1: I have all this conflict inside of me.
0: With all this conflict inside me.
1: I feel powerless. I
0: feel powerless.
1: I feel it in my stomach.
0: I feel it in my stomach.
1: Like a washing machine.
0: Like a washing machine.
1: Going round and round
0: going round and round
1: i've chosen to believe
0: i've chosen to believe
1: that i'm powerless
0: that i'm powerless
1: in the past
0: in the past
1: this is my life
0: but this is my life
1: and although it's difficult
0: and although it's difficult
1: i'm in the driving seat
0: i'm in the driving seat
1: There's a blank, empty page
0: in front of me. There's a blank, empty page in front of me.
1: And I get to write my story.
0: And I get to write my story.
1: I may not have realized before.
0: I may not have realized before.
1: That I had a choice.
0: That I had a choice.
1: I felt sucked in.
0: I felt sucked in.
1: I just went along with
0: it. I just went along with it.
1: But now I know better.
0: But now I know better.
1: I feel powerless.
0: I feel powerless.
1: Being pulled back.
0: Being pulled back.
1: Into this relationship.
0: Into this relationship.
1: I know it's not healthy for me.
0: I know it's not healthy for me.
1: I know that it doesn't make me happy.
0: I know that it doesn't make me happy.
1: But a part of me.
0: But a part of me.
1: Feels like it's safe
0: feels like it's safe.
1: There's some kind of comfort there.
0: There's some kind of comfort there. It's
1: like I know what's going on there.
0: It's like I know what's going on there.
1: I know what to expect.
0: I know what to expect.
1: So part of me is drawn to going back?
0: So part of me is drawn to
1: go back. And the other is repulsed?
0: And the other is repulsed
1: totally rejecting the situation
0: totally rejecting the situation
1: I don't know what to do
0: don't know what to do
1: so much conflict
0: so much conflict
1: but I choose to breathe
0: but I choose to breathe
1: even though that felt safe before
0: even though that felt safe before that was me that was me
1: My beliefs.
0: With my beliefs.
1: That I deserved that.
0: That I deserved that.
1: Somehow I deserved it.
0: Somehow I deserved it.
1: I didn't deserve any better.
0: I didn't deserve any better.
1: That I loved that relationship.
0: That I loved that relationship.
1: And it was good for me.
0: And it was good for me.
1: I needed that relationship.
0: I needed that relationship.
1: Even though I wanted it to be better.
0: Even though I wanted it to be better.
1: I wanted it to go back to how it was.
0: I wanted it to go back to how it was.
1: I choose to accept.
0: I choose to accept.
1: It's never how it's going to be.
0: It's never how it's going to be.
1: I know the reality now.
0: I know the reality now.
1: And I know that it's wrong for me.
0: And I know that it's wrong for me.
1: It's not my fault.
0: It's not my fault.
1: I didn't do anything wrong.
0: I didn't do anything wrong.
1: And I choose to know that.
0: And I choose to know that. It
1: wasn't my fault.
0: It wasn't my fault.
1: It's not my fault.
0: It's not my fault. Back then. Back then.
1: When I didn't know any better.
0: When I didn't know any better.
1: I gave my power away.
0: I Gave my power away.
1: I handed it to that person on a plate.
0: I handed it to that person on a plate
1: them above me
0: and I put them above me and
1: they controlled me
0: and they controlled me
1: in every sense
0: in every sense but now but now
1: I'm choosing to let this powerless feeling go
0: I'm choosing to let this powerless feeling go
1: I am choosing to take back my power
0: I'm choosing to take back my power
1: which I know that I can do
0: Which I know that I can do.
1: Because I was responsible for giving it away in the first place.
0: Because I was responsible for giving it away in the first place.
1: It wasn't my fault.
0: It wasn't my fault.
1: Nothing to feel bad about.
0: Nothing to feel bad about.
1: It just happened.
0: It just happened.
1: But this is now.
0: But this is now.
1: And I'm choosing to take back that power.
0: And I'm choosing to take back that power
1: imagining myself taking it back
0: imagining myself taking it back
1: from that other person
0: from that other person.
1: Thank you very much I'll have that now.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much I'll have that now.
1: You were just holding it for me for a little while.
0: You were just holding it for me for a little while
1: until I was ready to take it back
0: till I was ready to take it back.
1: Today is that day
0: and today is that day.
1: And I, you are my equal.
0: And you are my equal.
1: You are not above me.
0: You're not above me.
1: And I am not going to let you control me anymore.
0: And I am not going to let you control me anymore.
1: I am my own person.
0: I am my own person.
1: I'm living my own life.
0: I'm living my own life.
1: By my own rules.
0: By my own rules.
1: I'm making for myself.
0: I'm making for myself.
1: I am good enough.
0: I am good enough.
1: I deserve happiness.
0: I Deserve happiness.
1: I deserve love.
0: I deserve love.
1: I deserve respect.
0: And I deserve respect.
1: And that's what I'm choosing in my life.
0: And that's what I'm choosing in my life.
1: And I'm never going to get that, from him.
0: And I'm never going to get that from him. Or her. Or her.
1: So I choose to move on.
0: So I choose to move on.
1: I choose to thank you for the lessons.
0: I choose to thank you for the lessons.
1: But I've had enough of those now.
0: But I've had enough of those now.
1: And I choose to forgive.
0: And I choose to forgive.
1: Because holding on to that does not help me.
0: Because holding on to that does not help me.
1: Does not serve me in any way.
0: Does not serve me in any way.
1: I choose to be me.
0: I choose to be me.
1: I choose to be the awesome me that
0: I am. I choose to be the awesome me that I am.
1: I choose to love myself unconditionally.
0: I choose to love myself unconditionally.
1: I'm with myself twenty four seven, so that's pretty important.
0: <laughs> I'm with myself twenty four seven, so that's important.
1: <laughs> I choose to respect myself.
0: and I choose to respect myself.
1: Choose to treat myself as if I was my own best friend.
0: Choose to treat myself as if I was my own best friend.
1: I choose to be kind to others, but to me also.
0: Choose to be kind to others, but to me also. And I choose to
1: prioritize myself.
0: And I choose to prioritize myself.
1: Even in this busy, busy world.
0: Even in this busy, busy world. I
1: choose to let go of the powerlessness.
0: Choose to let go of the powerlessness. Choose to
1: take back that power.
0: Choose to take back that power.
1: I envisage myself right now.
0: I envisage myself right now.
1: Seeing that option in front of me.
0: Seeing that option in front of me.
1: Of Going back.
0: Of going back.
1: Rather than feeling that pull.
0: And rather than feeling that pull
1: choose to see it for what it really is
0: I choose to see it for what it really is
1: not good for me
0: not good for me
1: and I choose to know better
0: and I choose to know better
1: and I choose to walk away
0: and I choose to walk away
1: holding my head up high
0: holding my head up high
1: feeling strong
0: feeling strong
1: feeling badass
0: feeling badass <laughs>
1: And I choose to know.
0: And I choose to know.
1: That I am good.
0: That I am good.
1: I am excited.
0: I'm excited
1: about this new adventure.
0: About this new adventure.
1: Who knows what it's going to hold for me?
0: Who knows what it's going to hold for me?
1: Who knows what opportunities it's going to throw up?
0: Who knows what opportunities it's going to throw up?
1: But I choose to feel confident.
0: But I choose to feel confident
1: and excited.
0: And excited.
1: I choose to love my life.
0: I choose to love my life.
1: See all the positives that are in it.
0: See all the positives that are in it.
1: I choose to stand up tall.
0: I choose to stand up tall.
1: And respect myself everywhere I go.
0: And respect myself everywhere I go.
1: And I choose to feel calm.
0: And I choose to feel calm
1: relaxed relaxed and at peace with myself
0: and at peace with myself take a deep breath in
1: and let that go
0: oh so good oh my gosh Kim that's amazing (laughs) so good oh I feel like that is going to help so many women
1: Good. I'm really glad
0: Oh, uh, you just knew exactly what to say. Honestly, I think I just channel it, and I never know what's going to come up.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's me. <laughs>
0: <Honestly>. <laughs> well, wherever it came from, it was phenomenal. That was incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. This has been so amazing. And you just have such an incredible story. It's beautiful how you're using what you've been through to help other people. It's just so beautiful.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. This is just an incredible thing that you're doing and so much needed. So yeah, really, really happy to be here.
0: Thank you. And how can people find you? You're an author, I understand. And you've got lots of cool stuff. So where can we find your stuff? Yeah, so I have a published book,
1: which is on Amazon. It's called How to Kiss Goodbye to Anna Using EFT in Recovery from Anorexia. And so there's that. My website is www.kissgoodbyetoanna.com you can find me there I'm on Facebook I'm on LinkedIn so I work one to one with with people but I also work with parents and carers as well I also work with other practitioners who want to help people in the area of eating disorders so yeah I do all sorts of stuff it's like this is my calling
0: you know <laughs> <I> absolutely no. <know. laughs> I would have guess that (laughs) it it seems to fit you to a T yeah you're so good at it it just it seems like it comes effortlessly to you because you just you understand you've been through so much and it's just such a beautiful modality it's my favorite and I've done some EMDR with a therapist eye movements the sensitization and reprocessing which is great but you can't do that really on your own absolutely absolutely and this is the thing it's just having that kind of
1: self-help tool I think just empowers
0: us so much yes oh absolutely absolutely thank you so much for the interview and for being here this was an absolute treat you're incredible and I thank you so 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 much thank
1: you for having me
0: thank you absolutely so glad you could be here